Hi, I'm Kristen. And I'm Mike. And we're lost in the Sunnydale Stacks. This is the Sunnydale Stacks, where every other week we immerse ourselves in the world of Sunnydale, California, and review two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This week, we're dusting off surprise and innocence. So I get that, like, you know, Buffy dies at the mm-hmm. end of season one. That's a big life moment. Yeah. And she dies at the end of season five. Also a big life Spoilers. moment. The second time you die is really important. It is. That one takes longer. Mm-hmm. Not like it takes her longer to die, but like <laughs> it sticks for longer. Yeah. Her mother dying is a big mm-hmm. life moment. But I'm going to say I really think that this is like the defining moment in her as a character mm-hmm. and just the whole plot yeah. line of Angel losing his soul and what she has to do mm-hmm. at the end of this season to yeah. defeat him. Yeah, it's it's definitely like with the very, you know, on the nose title of innocence, it's very true. It's kind of innocence loss, but also like defining who she is as a character in a very important way. And I think that who she becomes as the Mm -hmm. seasons progress, like in her life, I don't think she'd be the same person Mm -hmm. if it weren't for this moment. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those things where I try to put myself in that situation. Like, nope, pretty sure I wouldn't do the right thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like I might just crawl into a black hole of depression and never leave my bed because holy fuck. Yeah. It's, it's not the, especially the circumstances under which it, it, it happens are just the wrong time for everything to fall apart like it does. Right. Yeah. You're in this yeah. really sensitive time in your life mm-hmm. where you're going through a lot of emotions just because of hormones. Yeah. And then you add this big moment on top of it and mm-hmm. holy fuck. <laughs> exactly. So on this subject, <laughs> let's head into the Sunnydale Stacks and open the books on Surprise. So Buffy wakes up in the middle of the night and gets a glass of water. Yeah. Drusilla follows her down the hallway That's as so she creepy. opens the door and enters the bronze. Yeah. I like that it's not clear that it's a dream sequence until she opens the door into the bronze. Right. And then it's just like, oh, Drusilla's in her house. Oh, no. And then, oh, wait, wait. It's something else. It kind of fakes me out every yeah. time. But like yeah. the second I see Drusilla, I'm like, oh, fuck, when did this happen? I don't remember <laughs> this. And then the door opens. You're like, yeah. oh, yeah. dream. <laughs> I really think Jaws is very good at dream sequences mm-hmm. of just the way that your brain works in terms of like you mush these things together yeah. and you don't question them in mm-hmm. a dream. You're just like, yes, this door yeah. in my house opens to the bronze. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where that door goes. Yeah. Especially on like a TV budget where that can't be easy to do. Right. It's not like we're going to have some far fetched fantasy world mm-hmm. that sometimes happens in your dreams. I keep having these dreams where I'm just staring at Lakeshore Drive and the mm-hmm. highways in Chicago, we're yeah. all going in like loop-de-loops and like big hills and cars are like bouncing off the road and like just crashing into <laughs> air and flying off the road. I don't know what that's going on in my psyche, but like Joss wouldn't have that budget. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's that also I'm not sure how it would be relevant, but uh, I think it, they do a, a great job of finding ways to like relate it to dreams you would have. 
but not necessarily with the budget that your your dreams would have. Right, exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although, speaking of budget dreams, I can't tell you the number of boring-ass dreams I've had. Where it, Like, I literally yeah. had a dream that was just Chris and I shopping at Payless Shoes. Yeah, I had a dream once that literally everything happened that had happened the day before in the exact same order, except at one point, I got a popsicle from the freezer. <laughs> you really regretted that the ne- that night. Like, I should have gotten that popsicle. Well, the thing was, we didn't have popsicles. That's how I could tell it was a dream and not just me remembering <laughs> the day. It's important popsicle. Yep. It wasn't even a good... It was like the off-brand popsicles that we got a lot. So, yeah. uh, banana flavored? That's the worst one. Oh, no. Why would... I would I don't I don't hate myself that much. Right? Yeah. No, the, yeah. just put it down. Yeah. I'd rather just, go popsicle-less. Yeah. I'd rather just suck on a big old ice cube. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> <laughs> so Willow is speaking French to a monkey. Uh, so this translates to... Uh, I, 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 I don't have the exact translation in front of me, but the uh, something about the hippo wanting his pants back. I believe it's the hippo stole your pants. Stole your pants, that's right. Which is great. Because it's draws a callback. To, yeah. yeah. Joyce asks Buffy if she's ready and then drops her mug, which shatters. Mm-hmm. She sees Angel, but Drusilla stakes him and then wishes Buffy a Oof. happy birthday. Just a, a real... Low move, Drusilla. Don't do that. I hate the dreams that like really upset you emotionally right before mm-hmm. you wake up, and then yeah. you just kind of can't recover all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just not a good start to the day. I I love the opposite where you've had a really traumatic day, and sometimes if you know I've had a really bad day, I'll just be like, I go to sleep. Dreams will help me process this. It'll be better in the morning because I know that's what dreams do. Just got to get a good night's sleep, process this information out. Right. So Buffy wakes up. Obviously, she was dreaming. The next morning, Buffy rushes to Angel's apartment to see if he's okay. She's worried that her dream was prophetic. Uh, I do like the moment where Angel comforts her by saying, uh, you know, not everything in your dreams come true. What did you dream last (laughs) night? I dreamt that Giles and I opened an office supply warehouse in Vegas. I really wish that had been prophetic in some later season. They have to open up a... Oh my God, that would have been great. Yeah, just like, wait, why does this seem so familiar? Just as some undercover thing they have to do. I guess there's still room in the comics. I'm not like up to date on the comics, mm-hmm. so... Yeah. What if that happened? What, what if, if that happened? What if that's the whole like last season of the comics? It's just a big underground sting in Las Vegas around an office uh, supply warehouse. Joss, if you're listening... <laughs> do it <laughs> we need that callback. <laughs> so angel at one point kisses buffy to shut her up this is something i feel like guys do a lot in movies yeah i feel like it's a move that works well in movies i've never seen anybody try it in real life and i feel like it would almost always just be like what the hell are you doing <laughs> this in this instance i like it because it's not mm-hmm. like she's mad at him yeah. and he's doing this to be like your argument is invalid mm-hmm. but literally he knows that she's spiraling and freaking out and he's just mm-hmm. trying to comfort her so i'm yeah. okay with it but like in a lot of movies like a girl would be p- pissed at a guy yeah. and he'll kiss her and shut her up and mm-hmm. then like the argument's over because yeah. you kissed me because they're just such good kissers that's that's the way that unless it if he's not murdering somebody, that's the way that James Bond are, ends an argument. Yeah. Is, I, I'm either going to kill you or kiss you. Yeah. I really like the moment in 10 Things I Hate About You, <laughs> where Heath Ledger kisses Julia Stiles when she's upset, and she breaks free and smacks him. Yeah. And I like that. that she's mm-hmm. just like, that doesn't make it okay. Yeah. All of a sudden, magic. My kisses are magic. Yeah. 
And she's like, that's just going to make me more mad because now you're just like kissing me when I don't want to be kissed. It's like, damn it, I'm right. Don't try to shut me up. Now you're just adding harassment to the list of things I'm angry about. Right. Uh, So we hear the Christoph Beck love theme, which is actually called Close Your Eyes. (laughs) And this is the one that I got upset because they used it in a different episode with a different couple. And it's not okay. No, it's not. Not okay. Very important. But this song, when it's used, you know, for the proper couple... Oh mm-hmm. my god! It still pulls my heartstring. You could just yeah. hear that dun dun dun. I'm like, oh my god, it's Angel. You guys, it's Angel. Uh, that's that's how I, I get about um, the kind of the rose theme in Doctor Who. I don't have the same mm-hmm. thing for this one, just because I I've never been the hugest fan of Angel as a character. Uh, it's kind of like the thing of, of, and I think I may have mentioned this before. It's like Frasier on Cheers and Frasier. I I like what the character does as far as opening up other avenues character themselves i'm not that invested in they don't like hook me you're heartless yep that's true so and this is important to me because it's my first memory of ever being aware of -hmm. something score yeah like of actually like going on the internet and googling like what is this Mm -hmm. composer and can i look up other stuff by them i've never paid attention to that before yeah except for maybe the jurassic park theme yeah which makes me stand up and cheer every time I hear it. Yeah, what are those themes that you just like kind of hum just randomly while you're doing things? Or sometimes what I always used to do was when I was trying to run to catch the bus or something as a kid, do the Indiana Jones theme. Yeah. Because it made it feel much more epic to get to the bus. <laughs> so when I'm on the treadmill at work, um, this is a Kristen confession, I sometimes like to pretend that I'm Buffy. But- because there's so many shots in Buffy of her like running through a mm-hmm. cemetery or like yep. I always think of season six when Willow's killing the trio and Buffy has to like run across town mm-hmm. really fast. I'm like, yeah, I'm in training. Go. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have to run to any vampires, you're ready. If, if it's... Or away from. Okay. I mean, in real life, away. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Buffy tells Angel, I like seeing you at bedtime. <laughs> And, okay, so this is supposed to be code for them sleeping together? Yeah. I know, like, Willow thinks this is scandalous, and she kind of flubs it. This doesn't seem that scandalous to me. No, and also, it just, it always reminds me of, in Rust Development, the the line about, the mere fact that you call it see you at bedtime tells me that you're not ready. It just seems like such, like, a weird, yeah. kiddie way to say having sex. Like, well, and I get, I like, it was a you flub. At bedtime. Yeah. She didn't mean to say it, but, yeah. like, I would, if I were Angel, I'd never be like, that means she wants to sleep with me. No, it's yeah. it's just like oh, okay, night. Mwah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a that's a very odd signal to take away from that. It turns out to be true, but sure, that's also weird because like the next day when she's talking to Willow, she is talking about mm-hmm. sleeping with Angel yeah. in that sense. So it's like, well, so was it a flub? Yeah. What's yeah, it, it, I, I I would never read into that. I might make a joke about that, but I wouldn't think that that's what you meant. Right, exactly. I might tease you about mm-hmm. it. Willow encourages Buffy to seize the carp, and Buffy decides to do it with Angel. Ooh. Willow then spots Oz. Mm. He warns her that he's going to ask her out. Yeah. And she encourages him that it's okay, because she'll say yes. Mm-hmm. But then he does, and she says she can't. <laughs> I like that you're unpredictable. Yeah. Uh, she suggests that he accompany her to Buffy's surprise party as her date. I think this is a really good example of, you know, like, I feel like I read that the reason Joss Whedon didn't like the original Willow from the mm-hmm. pilot 
is that she was too nerdy. Like yeah. she was really playing up the nerdy and it didn't really seem mm-hmm. realistic. And I think this yeah. is a good example of like the lovable nerd mm-hmm. that it's much more natural. Yeah. Just yeah. the getting giddy over like I said date. <laughs> yeah. It took me a couple of passes. I always thought it was, uh, it's a date, but I find it it's so much cuter that she says, I said date. She's so proud. Yeah. Like that that's that's a much more charming, much more Whedon-esque line. Yes. So when Chris asked me out, he did something a little similar to Oz asking out Willow, which mm-hmm. should have tipped me off to the fact that he was the one. We were at a holiday work party and he sat next to me and uh said i have this much and he held out his fingers to show me a little bit mm-hmm. and then widened them and he goes this much of a crush on you when i'm sober i'm gonna ask you out Aww. so i got a little warning <laughs> <laughs> xander suggests to cordy that they also make it a date mm-hmm. but she's too embarrassed to be seen with him oh poor xander yeah i mean yeah. it's it's definitely like she it has to realize at this point that there's something more going on. She can't, it's, it's gone on long enough that it's clearly not just, Hey, we hooked up once or twice. It's like, there's something happening. We have to explore it in a, in a way that not wanting to make it public is kind of a, a jerky move. If you still want to do it, if you're like, no, I don't want to be seen in public with you. This was a mistake. Not a great thing, but at least it's honest. It, it feels very dishonest what, what Cordy's doing at this point. A hundred percent, yes. And it, I mean, I think it would be different if they both agreed. I don't have feelings for you, but I like this physical thing happening. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's okay if someone's like, I have no emotions for you, but you know, yeah. I have hormones, you have hormones. Mm-hmm. Let's make up. Yeah, That'd especially as like a teenager, like you just, as, as Xander says later on in the uh, second episode, he's 17, linoleum m- makes him want to have sex. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And that, I mean, that would be, I'd be okay with that arrangement. But mm-hmm. now that Xander's made his feelings. Yeah clear she either needs to step up and admit that she has feelings too or be like okay well i don't feel that way about you so she needs to step up or step off Mm-hmm. <laughs> so giles is also in on the surprise mm-hmm. party and i love the I, this is a very giles line that discretion mm-hmm. is a better part of valor you could have just said shh yeah meanwhile in the warehouse spike is receiving mysterious deliveries Mm-hmm. This is the first time we've seen him like since Drew took him out of the church, yep. right? Yeah. So in, in the wheels. Yeah. Uh, and his like burns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which has always kind of bothered me because I always feel like, and I guess it's not too often addressed on Buffy that like vampires heal super quickly and most things can't really harm them for a long amount of time. But it seems like somehow maybe because it was a church that fell on him. Maybe that's why. The wounds are taking longer to heal because it's like he was injured seriously, but also it was all like holy stuff. See, I always assumed it was just that the injuries were so extent that mm-hmm. like this would have killed a person. Well, yeah, sure. And but... he's not wheelchair bound forever. His mm-hmm. scars go away that it's yeah. just taking longer because it was such bad injuries. Yeah. You know, like when uh, the episode after what's my line mm-hmm. we see angel still has the puncture wound in his hand yeah. and like that hasn't healed yet but mm. i think like by the end of that episode it does or whatever Yeah, i guess i just always assume that vampires are better at healing than they are in the buffy verse right yeah he's not taking his vitamin c so his immune system is down you mean that singer from the time period of the show oh yeah i had that cd oh i'm so sorry the one because i think there was one 
I remember finding her very attractive in Dracula 2000. I'm sorry. Oh. I put that memory, if anybody's ever seen that movie, back into your head. I'm so sorry. Wasn't there another singer in that one? Well, she was in it. And then um, Jerry Ryan from um, Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, I think, was the one she was on. And then the third lady, I don't remember what she was from. But I remember seeing her around that time trying to be famous, but it never really taking off. I think I'm thinking of Queen of the Damned. Possibly. That's, yeah, that's Aaliyah in that. Aaliyah. That, I, was, I was like, I know that there is an apostrophe in the middle of your name. <laughs> yeah, there, were, there was a lot of vampire movies that were pretty subpar that just felt like, hey, let's throw a pop singer in here. Maybe that is what this needs to fix it. It does sell tickets. That's about all it does. I also like the, uh, I forget his name, but the nerdy vamp with the glasses. The scribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just like seeing different types of vampires because a lot of times you can get the fatigue of it's just very generically dressed kind of thugs as vampires. Right. So it's nice to have one with a little bit of personality like that. Jumping ahead a little bit, but it, mm-hmm. I'm very confused by the line, this one reads. Do the other ones not read? I think it's like he reads for pleasure and like he's a he's a big fan of reading. Whereas I'm sure other other vampire. I mean, maybe I'm sure there's also vampires old enough that they weren't literate because that's the time period they grew up in. I mean, like William the Bloody wrote poetry, so he has to be literate. Yeah, I mean, but he's not writing poetry now. You think he forgot how to read and write? No, I don't think that he meant literally like <laughs> this Like this one is the only one who can read, so therefore I must kill him. I think it's like, oh, this one reads like that's what he's into. Yeah. Yeah. He's very active on Goodreads. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh, so they're preparing for a party for Drew. She's physically stronger, but mm-hmm. still mentally whacked. She goes oh, yeah. crazy with the flowers. I also love how she starts dressing like really vibrant red now. Yeah. She's all like back to full strength. Yeah. She no longer looks like some like mm-hmm. invalid in a hospital yeah. or something. The next morning is Buffy's birthday. She wants Yay. to finally get her driver's license. And so she's turning 17. This is I've. I remember when I first saw this thinking this was really strange because everyone I knew got their license on your 16th birthday. Since then, I've met a couple of people that are like in their 20s and never had a driver's license. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. So that's, it's a thing some people do. Yeah. Well, I I got the impression that it was like she was being punished for whatever bad behavior. Which I could see that. Like if you, if your kid like burnt down a school gym twice. Yeah. Like you don't need a driver's license. Yeah. That's just a, a rolling death machine. Yeah. You don't need that responsibility right now. Joyce's reaction is identical to Buffy's dream. Mm-hmm. She asks Buffy if she's ready and then drops a plate. The teacup is shattered. Perhaps that dream really was prophetic. Ooh, there's going to be a monkey. Yeah, where's the goddamn monkey? Maybe the monkey is Oz. I, I absolutely like, think that the flying Oz. monkeys in the Wizard of Oz. Illuminati. <laughs> yep. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes perfect sense. Just, you know, rewind the tape. You can, can figure it out. Or rewind the podcast because this is not a tape. We're not sending this out on set. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot which decade we were in by about two. It's for that uh, one fan that's got their boombox held up to the speaker of their computer <laughs> mm-hmm. at pressing record. Because mm-hmm. so that- they're making a Sunnydale Stacks mixtape yep. for their uh, significant other. Yes. Guys, think ahead. Valentine's Day is coming. <laughs> At school, a strange man is in Ms. Calendar's yay. classroom. Why yay? Because it's Vincent Trevelli. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. you meant the character. I was like, no, yeah, actor. Good. Yeah. 
we find out that Jenny is from the Gypsy Tribe, that cursed angel. I'm I'm not a big fan of this. I feel like they deal with it as best as they can as a very late in the game development. But Secret Gypsy has always felt like one of the weirder, kind of more <laughs> pointless twists in Buffy. By the way, Secret Gypsy. <laughs> I mean... I don't have a problem with that. I'll I'll bring up later why I have a problem with this. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she's a secret gypsy or that the gypsies are keeping tabs on him. I don't I'm, mind that the gypsies are keeping tabs on him. But, but just Jenny's like, in, is like a secret gypsy and it's like... Spy. What, and how have you been spy? It doesn't seem like she's been doing anything. I guess you can make the excuse like, oh, it's all been off screen. But it seems like she I just never really... I think she just really, kind of inserted herself yeah. into their lives. So she's aware of what's going on mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. The elder woman of the tribe warns that something has changed with Angel. He's in less pain than he used to be. He got some Tylenol. (laughs) Extra strength. (laughs) The gypsy guy orders Jenny to split up Angel and Buffy. Buffy, meanwhile, is wigging out about her prophetic dream. But Giles reminds her that although she dreamt that the master would kill her, she thwarted him. Mm -hmm. So in theory, she can fight this too. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's really sound logic. Good yeah. job, wisdom guy. <laughs> and I, I love the line in this about, uh, yeah, you, you, uh, you bash his bones and made bread. Well, that's true, except for the bread part. Yeah. yeah. So Giles going to research more about Drusilla. He encourages Willow and Xander to continue their party plans. I also like this because yeah. like he's been Mr. Party Pooper until mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And the wisdom of like, she'll keep, you know, having things to fight. She mm-hmm. has to, you know, have her life around that. Like, yeah. And like he, I like how he specifically talks about his tenure and Sandy Dell has taught them this, so he's open to learning. Yes. You it's see, not it's just like, grown. well, I, as the the wise man, this is why I think it's like, no, he's learned something through his time here that right. specifically. That's why he made the decision to like, let's pretend that we're not doing this, but actually she totally needs this. Right. And I, th- I mean, like, I think episodes like Reptile Boy, you mm-hmm. know, they both learned lessons there of like, yeah, eh, girl needs some downtime. Yeah. That night, Buffy goes to the school to meet Giles, but Jenny escorts her to the bronze instead to meet him. And a VW bug. And a VW bug. Which is a very appropriate choice for uh, Jenny's car. Uh, I'm not sure if the VW bug is also a good choice for Yana's car, if she's a secret gypsy. I'm sorry, I just, I just harp on the secret gypsy thing because I feel like it's, it's, it's the one thing that I... I find really bothers me in these two episodes, which are otherwise really, really spot on. I was trying to think of like VW Bug is obviously German mm-hmm. in their Romanian car or something that sounds super Romanian. <laughs> the, uh, the VW Roma. Sure. Yeah, that's great. Right. That, yeah. Uh, I also like this scene with her because, um, obviously they set us up to be suspicious of her mm-hmm. from the last scene. Yeah. So when she's like, Oh no, Giles meet you somewhere. I'll drive you. Yeah. Like the hairs on the back of my neck are like, mm-hmm. don't trust this bitch. Yeah. Cause it's, it's a very nice setup and, and payoff that, Oh, this seems like Buffy thinks she's taking her either to actually see Giles or maybe she's suspicious that there is a surprise party, but we think that that's not the case that she's actually taking her to like, I don't know, get, taken away by the uh, Vincent Chiavelli guy. Uh, so it's a nice a double bluff in a way. Right, exactly. So on the way there, they spot some vamps stealing stuff mm-hmm. and putting it in the back of a truck. While Buffy fights them, the Scoobies hide nearby, waiting to surprise the birthday girl. Aww. 
a couple of good stakes here. Uh, Buffy rips off part of the truck to use as a yeah. stake. And then uh, after she crashes through the window, she uses a drumstick as a stake. I really wish it had been the drumstick that's the ice cream treat. That would have been very fun. Yeah. I really feel like the drumstick probably, though, because it's not pointy, mm-hmm. uh, would have broken off before it made it through the vamp's chest. Yeah. Well, maybe it, it did, and she just still forced it all the way through and just like kind of shattered in there. Damn. Mm-hmm. She's cold. Like shrapnel steak. <laughs> Oz sees his first vamp and is coolly calm about it. Yeah. Actually, it explains a lot. Yeah, that's a great line. I also love how they really should have known we should not pull a surprise party right next to the murder alley. You know, she's just going to have to kill some vampires there. We have to do everything at the bronze. Yeah. We blew up the mall last. Oh, no, wait, that's next week. (laughs) Jenny grabs a package that the vamps left behind. Mm -hmm. It contains an arm that attacks Buffy. Really shitty birthday present. (laughs) Okay, I really hate this moment. No one moves to help her except Angel. They're all just standing there going, oh, my God. Maybe if Angel is having trouble prying this off Buffy's neck, Mm -hmm. more people can help. Uh, They they know that they got it. But you don't. In this moment, it doesn't. It looks like Buffy's choking. Everyone's going, oh, no. A bunch of damsels in distress. I'm including Oz and Xander in that generalization. Mm -hmm. Damsels. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they, they, what are they going to do? They're not super powered. Leave it to the two people with superpowers. So Angel takes three fingers, and then two people each take one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I didn't like that they was like, I'm not going to help. They were in shock. They what, It was their surprise at the surprise party. Yeah. <laughs> Angel is able to get the arm back in the box. He recognizes it as a legendary demon called the Judge. Here come the Judge. Here come the Judge really old reference if anybody listening gets their reference please send uh, your letters to p.o box one 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 the sunnydale stacks chicago illinois <laughs> it's totally a real uh, p.o box guys <laughs> it, uh this the judge was kept making me think of arrested development <laughs> when joe Pop- my name is judge <laughs> So the judge would uh, kills all non-demons, mm-hmm. uh, burns the humanity out of them. He couldn't be killed. An army was finally able to dismember him, and then the parts of him were cast to all the corners of the earth. My question is, okay, great. You got the judge disassembled. Put him in some boxes. I'm with you there. Send him to different parts of the earth. Gotcha. Why do the boxes connect together? That seems like a poor design. Also, why do the boxes have uh, buttons to open them? You would never want to open them. That is super good observation. Yeah, like you, you'd seal them in a cement box that cannot be opened. Yeah. Definitely don't let them fit together. Yeah, like you should make it very hard. I mean, I, I get you probably couldn't chop the judge up more because you're afraid it's going to get out. But put it in the box. Close the box. Don't have a, an opening button. That's super easy. There, everyone's like, "Oh, it's a latch here." Weld right. that shit. Yeah, yeah. Weld it. You know, seal it. Make it look really inconspicuous, and then bury it somewhere really, really deep. Yeah. No. That yeah. I've never noticed that before. You're absolutely right. Yeah. They think they wanted this shit to be found. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, you know what, guys? We may need a demon to destroy the world at some point. Let's put it to the far corners of the earth. But you know what? Let's make it easy if we need to put it back together. Or like if someone's really ambitious, I don't want to make mm-hmm. it too hard for them. So let's yeah. let's let's make them fit together like and, Legos. And they never say anything about like this is, you know, something that the judge made or the judge had that they were able to take and then 
disassemble him or it's like some magical thing. It was like, it's pretty much just boxes. They don't say there's any particular magic qualities that they got these boxes that pre-existed. So they, I'm assuming, made the boxes for the judge and yep. made them really easy to put back together. Bad planning, guys. Mm-hmm. Drusilla is collecting the parts to reassemble the judge and bring forth Armageddon. Jenny suggests that Angel take the arm to the remotest region possible. Using sunlight-free travel, it will take him months to get to Nepal. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, here, I know that, like, months of separation from mm-hmm. your honey and the love of your life yeah. sucks. Especially, like, in high school, this seems like yeah. the worst thing. But it's not the end of the world. It would be the end of the world if he didn't go. Yeah, literally. And I get, like, sh- again, she's a teenager. She's going to mm-hmm. be dramatic. Fine. He's 200. <laughs> he needs to be, like... I, I mean, yeah, it sucks, but I'll be back, girl. Yeah. It's fine. I survived, like, so many plagues, two world wars. Right. I'm going to make it, girl. You haven't seen the footage from the Boxer Rebellion yet, but that was a hairy... There was lots <laughs> of fire around there. I made it. Well, I don't think she saw, ever saw the footage. It's not like they were like, yeah, let's play my best of clips. <laughs> Angel, uh, so they go to the docks. Mm-hmm. Angel gives Buffy the Claude ring. Very important. I, of course, had to go buy one immediately, Mm -hmm. and then I had two. Now I think I have zero. I don't know where it went. My mom mom bought one recently just Uh because it looked pretty, and I had to explain to her, like, not only is, like, here's the meaning behind it, but also Buffy. And she's like, like, oh, okay. The blank stare of just, like... Take this off. (laughs) I don't care. Put it back in the jewelry box. (laughs) Never going to wear that again. (laughs) So as they're saying goodbye, Spike's goons attack them. Before we get on the fight, I do find one part of the scene a little creepy where she kind of like kisses or is kisses it the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, yeah, I, it's hard to tell from the the language. I think she just kind of grabs it. I really hope that it wasn't like him kind of subtling saying like, "Hey, kiss the ring." No, 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 um, no, 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 no. That is totally her choice. Yeah, it's still creepy though. No, Kissing I mean, it's a, a symbol of, like, he's straight up, because it's him showing her, like, look, I'm wearing mine to show that you have my heart. And she's kissing it to be like, that's, like, the sweetest thing. But that's, like, what you do to the Pope. It just seems... She's it, not kneeling. Yeah, but still, kissing the ring is, like, it's a very specific, like, okay. you're you're bowing to an authority figure in this weird religious way where, I, I don't know, I feel like if maybe she just, like, held his hand, looked at the ring, and then they kissed on the lips... That would have been a lot less creepy. I see what you're saying, but I mean, if you flip it, like men kissing women's hands can see be an active romance. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that either, I'll, especially if it's like specifically kissing a ring. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. okay, I gotcha. Yeah. The vamps are able to steal the box because Angel needlessly jumps in the water <laughs> to save Buffy from what? Water, maybe, maybe he thought that she worked by the same rules as the NES Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, where even though this is a person who we know should be able to swim very well, will instantly die in water unless saved. Tell her to hit A a bunch of times, (laughs) (laughs) so she can bob up and down. (laughs) Don't touch uh, any of the fish, because you'll die. (laughs) The electric seaweed. Yep. Nope. Electric seaweed's bad. Yeah, no, this is the only, I mean, this this really pissed me off. Because, yeah. again, it was like, no, bad planning. You get the box, she mm-hmm. can tread water. The yeah. Vamps didn't go after, like, it's not like she's swimming away from mm-hmm. Vamps. Yeah. As far as I know, like, 
She lives in California near the ocean. I'm assuming she knew yeah, how to it, swim. And I think it was pretty clear that she wasn't like knocked out. She was yeah. pushed into the water. And his, yeah. I mean, he doesn't even stop to be like, hey, girl, you're all right. She, Buffy, ah, I'm assuming you're, you oh can't swim. <sighs> Maybe that's one of those things that just uh, from him being 200 something, he doesn't realize that most people learn how to swim these days. <laughs> She's now wearing three petticoats that are going to weigh her down and yeah. make her sink. <laughs> he's not used to that Sorry, it's just instinct i usually i'm just still used to to women wearing enough clothes to literally drown them <laughs> maybe that's why witches always drowned what because it's not that they like if, if a witch yeah. oh no it's if she floats she's a witch yeah because they weren't wearing enough petticoats <laughs> yeah giles meanwhile has been researching the judge who can burn the humanity out of you mm-hmm. and only a true creature of evil could survive the process the gang does a round robin. I feel like this is only worth mentioning because I feel like this is specifically in response to people saying, how the fuck are these kids out all, all night? night long. Yeah. And their parents aren't like freaking out and calling the cops. Yeah. And I don't, I don't mind that. I don't mind exposition that solves things that are very obvious plot holes if you think about them, but that you might not notice on the first viewing. I don't mind. And this, and this works. It's not yeah. far-fetched. It would work in real life. And mm-hmm. it, it means that like from now until... They're no longer children. Yeah. Um, I I can totally see like they're up all night. That's not weird. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah. Drusilla's party is underway. They're Ooh. able to fully assemble the boxes. Out pops a giant Smurf. Uh, he he he's weakened, mm-hmm. so he needs to touch you in order to burn you right now. And he burns the scribey vamp. Ah, because right. he reads. Because he reads. It's a sin. Mm-hmm. I do like that he almost kind of goes at uh, Spike and Drusilla because they have the romance, which is feelings, which is human. Yeah, the idea of like, oh, you guys love each other. Like, yeah, what of it? Yeah. I like that. We also want to see the world burn. Okay, but here's here's the other thing about that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the the idea is that this plan will bring about Armageddon, right? Mm -hmm. Because the judge will destroy all non-evil creatures. Yeah. Um, humans and good vampires mm-hmm. and we'll just be left with the evil things the evil things ruling the planet okay great i buy that i may have just answered my own question but so in becoming we learn from spike that he's not actually keen on destroying the world like yeah. he likes to talk the talk but he doesn't really want to burn mm-hmm. it down um he likes you know soccer and beer and stuff mm-hmm. so why is he playing along? Because, I mean, it looks like this could actually work. But, you know, this isn't, I guess, like from Spike's point of view, it's not really Armageddon. It's... Yeah, it's just making the world kind of fall to chaos because all the people are being absorbed into yeah the judge. That's fair. Yeah. Okay, I answered my own question. And we learn later on that Spike get, is very malleable to adjust to killing evil things. Yeah, uh, if, as long as he gets to kill. Fair, um, yeah. And I do feel like there is a bit of an arc with Spike, because as you say, like later on, he talks about not wanting to, to watch the world burn, burn. You can also say that there's a bit of an arc that he, at this point, is so enthralled and into his relationship with Drusilla that he's able to, or not able to, uh, but willing to do this thing, which in the long run, he's not really a big fan of or he hasn't really thought enough about to realize that that's not what he really wants. Right. But he's willing to do it because he, you know, is in this kind of fixation relationship. And then 
over the course of the season, he kind of grows up in a way and realizes, no, like there's more to the world than the current relationship I'm in. Uh, which is a growth from the, the, the viewpoint of the character. Cause as we learn later, much later on in the origin of Spike, that that's very much part of who he was before he was even a vampire. Right. Yeah. You're right. No. Buffy falls asleep and has another prophetic dream. In it, Drusilla kills Angel again, this time at the warehouse. She realizes, oh, I'm sorry, not the warehouse, the factory is what yeah. they're calling it. So when she wakes up, Buffy realizes that's where they are, and she and Angel go to check it out, do some recon. There they see the judge who can sense their humanity. Nice. I feel like Angel would have figured that out. Oh, but they don't know he's awake. Yeah, they don't know he's yeah. awake. They don't assume he's awake. And I mean, I I guess the 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 myths that we've heard them hear about are vague enough that you might not be certain that of what exactly his powers are. We know he can like do massive things to kill people, but we may not be sure that he can automatically sense when people are near. Right. Necessarily. They escape down the sewer and then to Angel's apartment. It's rainy. They're wet. Before we get to the big scene here. Okay. And it's very big. I do have one more plot hole. It's very big. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is going to be the rest of the episode. Yep. Uh, okay, so they know where the factory is. Just talk about it. Very big. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take me a while. Oh. <laughs> We're experiencing some technical difficulties. We'll be right back. Perfect timing. Uh. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the more frustrated you are, the funnier this is. Um, I'll wait. <laughs> uh. <laughs> It's, it's not bad yet. You know what's really bad yeah. when I give myself an asthma attack. <laughs> well, let's hope that doesn't happen. So the thing with the factory or the warehouse, whatever you want to call it, they know where this is. Yeah. And I'm assuming they've known since like Halloween, because I think that's the same set that they kind of have the finale of that. And even if they don't, they know where this is. In the daytime, vampires can't do that much. Why don't they just burn it down? It's an abandoned factory that they know is full of vampires, including, like, the worst vampires ever. Why haven't they just burnt it to the ground? I want to back up a little bit. Why do they know? Because this is not where Halloween ended up. Halloween ended up some random, like, they were running through mm -hmm. the alleys and ended up some yeah. random building. Not, not spikes. He just followed them mm -hmm. there. How do they know where this is? I don't, I don't know. There's probably something I just, I'm, I'm forgetting that they, they, at some point, somebody was brought there and then remembered or... They followed somebody or... Oh, oh, because they had Angel there during What's My Line. They took him hostage. That's right. And then, oh, then after What's My Line, they're mm -hmm. not going to go try to burn it down because they don't think that they're alive. Yeah. So what's the point? Because they think everybody's... They think that Drew and Spike are dead. But there's... I, there's the other, other vampires. vampires. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems It just seems like a weird thing to like... They've known where this is, but they haven't done. They haven't checked on it even, which I feel like would be a nice thing to. Yeah. Especially when you know, like you know that Buffy has nightly du duties of patrolling. You'd think, hey, why don't we double check and make sure there's not like vampires still hanging out there? Yeah, maybe their goons are just you know. Yeah, playing perchies or whatnot. 
Uh, so they're wet. They're at Angel's apartment. <laughs> uh, Buffy starts to undress, and Angel tells her to get in bed. Mm-hmm. They're still very emotional from Angel almost leaving. She says, I was lost you. Who wants to see that cut, girl? Yeah, that's a weird moment when he's like, can I see? Let me see it. Like, why Why didn't you just keep saying, hey, can I see it? Yeah. Like, I, well, let me check on that. It's weird that like, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, it's it's weird to get so like sexy, but like, let me see your cut, girl. I think what's happening here is that like Angel's feeling awkward and nervous about mm-hmm. like Buffy being like getting undressed mm-hmm. in his apartment, and then yeah. like also kind of like part of him being like, I'm 200 years old. I shouldn't be like nervous about asking about your cut. Just just <laughs> let me see it. It's fine. And then they have some fun. Lots of fun. I still I still get emotional here. Yeah. You know the the. Buffy and Angel getting upset as much as like the scene of the docks and melodramatic mm-hmm. here. It's, it's done much better where mm-hmm. I'm, I'm right there with them. Yeah. They're crying and holding each other. And mm-hmm. I really believe the love story at this point. This yeah. is the moment where you're like, they really do feel like soulmates. Mm-hmm. So they have fun. <laughs> we mean they have sex. <laughs> Buffy loses her V card. And here's the really important part. They have the fun. Mm-hmm. It happens and it ends and it's over. Yeah. It is the middle of the night after that's done. Mm-hmm. Buffy and Angel are sleeping in each other's arms and then he awakes in mm-hmm. pain. He finished. Okay. No, this bug, this is a yeah. big issue with me and I get so pissed off because I never people say like, oh, Angel can't have sex. No, Angel can have sex. Yeah. Sex doesn't make Angel lose his soul. Mm-hmm. It's the moment where he feels so content and happy and in love holding Buffy while they sleep. Yeah, because otherwise I feel like, because then you kind of have to assume that what you mean is you can't have sex because you can't climax because that's what they mean by a moment of perfect happiness. In which case, you're saying that a man has has not only not had sex, but not masturbated in 100 years? Right. Bullshit. Right. I don't care how old you are. 240, doesn't matter. At some point. You're, you you get the case of you know vampiric blue balls. I mean, I be, I believe will believe in vampires before I believe that a guy will go a hundred years without that. Yeah. I mean, and I it's the number of people that even say like, mm-hmm. oh, it's not sex, it's sex with Buffy. No, no, it's not that because he mm-hmm. they have the sex. The mm-hmm. sex is over. They're yeah. done. It you know, and it's afterwards he's mm-hmm. you know it, and that to me is you know as a girl i love mm-hmm. it. it's so romantic and beautiful yeah. that the moment that he feels perfect happiness mm-hmm. is holding her in his arms yeah. while they sleep together yeah after having just consummated their relationship mm-hmm. that's beautiful yeah and i think it cheapens it to make yeah. it anything else yeah the only thing i would to play devil's advocate say is that maybe it's old gypsy magic maybe it just takes a while for that soul even to kick in but when the opposite happens later in the season, it's pretty quick. Yeah, but I mean, that's putting the soul in. That's a real, that's a quick job. Getting the soul out, that's, 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 putting that's it hard in work. is a quick job. Yep. Just that's checking. what I'm assuming. Just checking. Put it in is quick. So Angel wakes up in pain. Uh, he runs out into the rainy night, mm-hmm. screaming Buffy's name. I'm assuming that when he wakes up, he yeah. knows what's going to happen. And that's why he gets himself out of the apartment. Yeah. Yeah, I 
or maybe he can just feel it on like an instinctual level. That's I mean that like yeah. he wakes up and that feeling feeling his you know like oh no like it's not that it's just like I'm in pain what is it so he's like yeah. oh I I can I can yeah, sense what's going to happen like yeah, cuz if he was just in pain he wouldn't leave the apartment like oh I've got a stomach ache. I don't want to wake her up. <laughs> yeah. Let's go run into the rain. It is a studio apartment. There's not really like you know you don't want someone to hear you puking. Well the weird thing is I always and maybe this is my own weird thing and I know this is not what they they meant in the show, but for some reason, it always looks to me like after the the sewer chase and everything in the in the warehouse, it it never registered to me that they go back to Angel's place. It it always seemed to me like they went to some random like abandoned apartment, oh. and that's where they had sex. Because it also would explain why he has an open window. But I know that's not the case because in in like commentaries and stuff, they refer to it as Angel's apartment. I mean, it's clearly the same set as earlier that day. It doesn't look like it to me. I don't know. We're just seeing parts of it we've never seen before. Yeah. We only see the shot like where you can see the door mm-hmm. and then opposite the door is the statue. This is the very first time you see like the bed in the corner. Yeah. The first time that you see like the whole thing is like, okay, this is a studio. Like This yeah. is a small studio, cement yeah. brick. Mm-hmm. Till it, now it looks pretty posh. But then when you see the whole yeah. thing, you're like, oh, no, this is. He's got a bunch of old shit in here. It's a storage locker. <laughs> okay, I'm So I'm done with this episode. <laughs> I'm done with it. <laughs> done. It's never coming I'm back. Uh, uh, but yeah, because like it's it's a cliffhanger, so yeah. obviously the rest is kind of in in the next episode. But I think it, just to say, like it is a a fun cliffhanger. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely. Like, if I had to watch this week to week, I'd be mm-hmm. ripping my hair yeah. out. Although, do you know how this originally aired? Did they air them back to back? Pretty much, because this was the point in which they switched the the nights that they aired Buffy. From Monday to Tuesday night. Oh, so, so then the next day. It was Monday, surprise, Tuesday, Innocence. Oh. Yeah. All right. Good job. Mm-hmm. Good one to, to switch the nights on. Yeah. Because then you really want to see what, what happens from the previous night. So here's a question. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know the answer. What are sweeps? Sweeps, it's this weird, it's very archaic at this point, thing where it's basically the numbers at major network tv have to be highest there because that's what they base ad revenue and that kind of stuff on so if you get really high ratings during sweeps it means more money for the company in general and does that usually fall midway through the season i think there's like two sets of sweeps there's fall and spring sweeps if i'm remembering correctly because i i mean it's i mean it's true of Buffy, but like mm-hmm. I think almost all shows, it seems like halfway through the season, that's where you yeah. get all of a sudden the like the really big mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, and I always like in my brain, I always just refer to it as like, oh, that must be Swoops Week, but I, that's mm-hmm. me talking my ass. I have no yeah. idea. Well, no, I think that's that's probably um, not not a bad theory, and it, I mean it could also just be the the night change they felt they had to do a big thing at that point. But yeah, I mean that that would make sense that it comes about halfway through. So you want to have like kind of the built up from before, but then not have have to waste the energy of, you know, the finale being uh, also the sweeps. Okay, it's time to put surprise back on the shelf and open the books on Innocence. Angel's in the alley. He's in pain. What's happening? A lady spies him on the ground. A lady of the night. 
That's what they say. Like it, uh, in the commentary, Joss says, "Like oh, and I was you know feeding on hookers in the alley." And okay, I was like, that does not look like a hooker to me. That looks like it looks like a girl headed to a club that just happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it seems like if you're a hooker lady, you're not doing a good job with your wardrobe because you just look like you're going out to like a club or a bar. Also, you know, hanging out in an alley where nobody's walking, probably a bad, I mean, you're not going to get many johns that way. Go on. Yeah, you don't, you, you want to get a lot of foot traffic. Yeah. Or car traffic probably would be yeah. better. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Very convincing. So the lady tries to help him, but he vamps out and attacks her. Mm-hmm. I love how he bites her just as she's taking a drag from her cigarette. And then blows out the smoke. And then smoke. he exhales the smoke. Oh, my God. It looks super bad. Like, mm-hmm. What a great yeah. intro to the character. Not only is it super obvious from the start of like, oh, he bit a human. Yeah. This is a problem. Yeah. Angel's never done that. Mm-hmm. But also, like, just immediately, I'm terrified of this guy yeah. because that mm-hmm. is badass. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a really cool concept that uh, I'm glad Buffett was able to get to first because I feel like eventually somebody would have to do that. Sure. I also like that right away Angela starts smoking Mm -hmm. because that's something that Joss did in Buffy is that you'll never see any of the good characters smoking or Mm -hmm. taking drugs because you don't want them to be like an influence on kids. Instead, it's only the evil characters that do Mm -hmm. naughty things. Yeah like um smoke and take drugs so the second he loses his soul all of a sudden he's a smoker (laughs) the next morning buffy goes home i like that joyce thinks that she's just waking up so she has to like turn around and this only works because she had to change her clothes after jumping into the ocean at the dock i like that it's smart (laughs) yeah buffy is worried that she looks different now that she's no longer a virgin Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I think that's, yeah, that's a, a, a natural thing that I feel like, especially like if you do, you know, lose your virginity in high school when you're maybe not necessarily as educated about things, you might have those kind of thoughts, which I'm sure to some people seem kind of like silly, but or it's maybe very natural. more that just like you're not that like you honestly think you're going to look different, but you're so nervous about it mm-hmm. because in high school, it's definitely something that yeah. you're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, no matter who you ask, you know, what adult you asked are like, uh, eh, you probably shouldn't have sex in high school. Yeah. So I think it's just that paranoia of like, <gasps> can they tell I'm going to get caught? Mm-hmm. But yeah, Joss is so in tune with teenagers. Like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. This is a great yeah. moment at school. The gang's worried that Buffy hasn't checked in. I love Xander here, yeah. here while Cordy and Giles are rational. Mm-hmm. Hey, if Buffy and Angel couldn't handle Drew and Spike, how could we? Mm-hmm. Xander and Willow are determined to tell yeah. her friend, even if they'll probably die. Oh, it's so like macho and heroic and romantic. And it yeah. seems weird though that Giles isn't on that side of it. Like I get he's like logical and smart. Well, I think it, it does make sense because then he has the the line about like, "Well, I was gonna come." Yeah. Um, where it, it's very much a Giles thing to be like, "No, that's not that's not right. That's not right." But then like his sentimentality, his his heart will eventually get the better of him, but right. his head blocks it. Because again, with the the Ripper thing, that's he's had a lot of those kind of blocks self-imposed to make sure that he doesn't get driven by his id or his passions too much. He has a lot of a lot more uh, restraint in that way, in a very purposeful manner. Very true. Buffy arrives, worried that no one's heard from Angel. This is another genius stroke from Joss that mm-hmm. you know 
worried that after you sleep with a guy, he's not going to call the next day. Yeah. That like he's only after one. Not that like mm-hmm. I don't think Buffy is thinking that Angel was only after one thing. Yeah. But I mean, that's a very real fear. Mm-hmm. Or even just that, like things are going to be weird now. Even if you're yeah. not, if you even if you're not necessarily feeling like, oh, well, he's never going to want to talk to me. That he's, you know, he's done with me or that kind of thing. But the now we've changed this. It's not the same. Yeah, that we've. I mean, that is the you know he was only after one thing. Then it's something that like we as girls are raised. Oh yeah. To believe from the get go, mm-hmm. you know, who's going to buy the cow when you get the milk for free? That you're yeah. supposed to hold out. Because otherwise he won't respect you or, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't really care about you. He's only pretending. Well, if he's thinking of you as a cow, probably not the yeah. most respectful guy either way. Then, yeah, you probably don't want to sleep with him <laughs> or date him or, yeah, talk to him. Or yeah, who we- refers to having sex as getting milk. <laughs> oh, mental image. <laughs> Back at the factory, we get one of my favorite Drew and Spike dialogues. I'm naming all the stars. You can't see the stars, love. That's the ceiling. Also, it's day. (laughs) I can see them. But I've named them all the same name and there's terrible confusion. (laughs) I love this. (laughs) I don't know what it is about this. It's my favorite one. I don't know why. It's it's very representative of uh, a Spike and Drew scene where she's being next level insane and otherworldly and he's being lovingly a little bit condescending right but also just tethered to reality in some respect like he's not judging her about like you're crazy he's just like oh nah probably not nope it's they done angel arrives or angelus arrives the judge tries to burn out his humanity but angel has none he's lost his soul yeah i like that conceit because such a good reveal Mm -hmm. yeah and it's just it's so much nicer than whatever they would have had to do to make it like prove to me that you're evil okay i'll do this and this and this and this and just like no let's have a villain because you know we can just make up demons yeah uh let's have a demon where one of his powers is he can burn humanity out of people oh wait his humanity's gone bingo bango done and immediately that makes him that much more scary because Mm -hmm. you realize that like spike and drew couldn't pass this test yeah yeah like and you know angel is like he straight up just holds a hand to angel and he's like meh yeah it kind of itches and it also kind of relieves the viewer at least myself of the worry that is this going to be one of those stories where at the end it's come on i know the real you's inside somewhere right and it's just like that's just such an overuse like fighting the unstoppable force because you're so good inside is just kind of overdone using magic and words i can Mm -hmm. save the world yeah yep yeah using the power of love Angelus, back up to his old tricks, is more concerned with torturing the Slayer than de- destroying the world. He convinces Spike and Drew to lay low for one night. Uh, I love the line from Drew. We're going to destroy the world. Want to come? <laughs> I'm actually more interested in the Slayer. Well, she's in the world, so that works out. <laughs> that night in the library, the gang's researching about the judge. Willow catches Xander and Cordy making out in the oh, stacks. No. This is a huge moment for her. Also, it's in the stacks. So that's also, cool. it's in the stacks. So my first reaction this time was like, hey, you know, Willow really has no right to be upset that Xander kisses Cordy until she makes the argument yeah. that he'd rather be with someone he hates than with her. Because mm-hmm. that's true. Like, yeah. I mean, at this point, we don't get the idea that like Xander loves her, or even likes mm-hmm. her. They fight 
constantly, yeah. but just like maybe if we like shut up for a second and try not to fight, there might be something there. Mm-hmm. And he does love Willow. Like yeah. he's told her, we know that it may not be romantic love, mm-hmm. but he loves her. So oh, yeah, yeah, this, that would hurt the, you know, mm-hmm. you'd rather be with someone you hate than with me. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. That's, that's a real blow to the ego. And especially for Willow, who's just like, just kind of like over the course of the last season and a half, like really starting to come into her own and kind of blossom in a way where she's being more outgoing and, you know, um, asserting herself a lot more. And then to get that kind of blow while you're still in the process of like kind of becoming yourself is why a lot of things in high school hurt so much. Right. Buffy goes back to Angel's apartment and finds him. He plays along. Oh, this is so mean. Mm, Yeah. She asks why he took off. He says, like, I'd really want to stick around after that. And then he implies that she's bad in bed. Yeah. Oh, uh, Joss. Joss, what are you doing to me? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, And I love in interviews and stuff, Joss talked about how this was a scene that he found disturbingly easy to write. And he oh. was like, oh, I, I felt so terrible with myself that this was able to come out so easily. I mean, I, I can only imagine that this is actually something that probably men and women, or I mm-hmm. should say boys and girls, yeah. are worried about mm-hmm. at that age that, you know, I'm going to sleep with this person. Like you said, something's yeah. going to change. And the idea that you're going to be bad yeah. and that person is going to reject you because of mm-hmm. that. I think that's a very real fear that everyone yeah. has. And then like, oh, to see it in yeah. action. And to like, to have like shared something that's like very personal and vulnerable and, you know, the first time you have sex, it's a very vulnerable thing to like open up to somebody in that way. And then to have that vulnerability returned with just cruelness is, is really sadistic and is another good way to show just how yeah. evil Angelus is. Yeah. So, I mean, really Joss is hitting all of the fears here, the fear mm-hmm. that um, he's not going to like you anymore. He yeah. only wanted you for one thing. The fear that you'll be bad at it mm-hmm. and he'll reject you. The fear that it'll change either him or the relationship. Yeah. So he, yeah, he's just hitting all of yeah. it. And it's it's really it's amazing how skillfully Angelus is able to hit all those bases, and it still seems believable enough that it's not like cartoonish that that Buffy would believe him. It's like no, oh no, like yeah, yeah. No, I I absolutely think that mm-hmm. it's real. It's so it's too real that yeah. Buffy would believe him. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm, mm, mm. and oh, again, and then- especially the fact that it's enforced enforced by you know the way women are raised of like Mm -hmm. this is what's going to happen if you don't you know protect your virginity and an interesting note about this scene originally it was going to be played on the front yard of buffy's house and they started filming it and realized well joss whedon realized that it was the exact wrong place and uh way to film the scene so they rescheduled for the next week in angel's apartment and he said then they were able to knock it out of the park because yeah. they need that kind of the intimacy and to like see him like, you know, half naked and kind of reminding her even more of what had yeah, happened. Yeah. And having like it really mirror the place where they were intimate and, and shared this and then to have him be so cruel and the very intimate, vulnerable area as opposed to kind of if it's in her, her yard, it's turf. kind of, yeah. yeah, it's her Literally. turf, it's outside. There's something that's a little less heartbreaking about that than like, come back to this place that you know last time you were there you shared this beautiful moment and now it's all being torn asunder 
He promises he'll call. He won't call. Yeah. Oh, and just the the way she like very candidly says, I love you, like as you know, the the real first time she said that in a way that's like, I'm really admitting that I love you. He's like, I love you too. Oh yeah, so casually. Ooh. Ouch. Just want to smack him. <sighs> yeah. No, I hate him so much yep. in this moment. Like more than them, you know, him physically hurting her. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, even yeah, the, just the mm, yep, mm-hmm. the worst. Janos is still pissed at Jenny. He tells her that Angel's curse has been lifted. Angel's had a moment where he's no longer tortured by his past crimes. A moment of happiness. So you talked about your problem with Secret Gypsy. Mm-hmm. Here's my problem with the gypsies. Yep. That is a stupid clause to have in your curse. Why? Why? Why do you want to bring him back at all, ever? Angelus sucked. He killed your girl. Why give him what he wants? I Well, I, I think the thing is, it's it's less of an escape clause of like, well, we can get Angelus back. It's like, oh, we want to torture him if he has pure happiness he's not being tortured anymore but he's not being punished like either way he's not being tortured like if you give him if you take away his soul mm-hmm. he then he just gets to run him up and be happy and free yeah and well, you know, it may, maybe it could have been just a thing where it's like that's how the magic works there has to be some kind of out there has to be a balance to it and it, it's maybe not even necessarily something that they wanted but they had to, you know, in some way when they're constructing or found the magic or the source of the magic kind of dictates that as opposed to this is what we wanted the curse to be. This is what the curse has to be. What I think would have been a really good clause to mm-hmm. have would be to say the Santa Claus. Yes, that uh, also I I think it would be good to say like, OK, so we're giving you back to your soul. So you feel tortured and mm-hmm. remorseful. You're going to hate yourself and hate your life and be super depressed for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. If you ever experience a moment of happiness, that's the only way you can die. So like, even if he starts to feel suicidal and says, like, I wish I could just die, mm-hmm. you can't until you somehow find a way to get super happy. But then with the, the show would be over. I mean, yeah. No, <laughs> I'm not saying it's good, like, for the show. Yeah. I'm saying, like, if the gypsies were smarter. Well, and that's, I mean, that's also assuming we don't know a lot about the gypsy magic that, you know, I, I I think it's, it's very plausible that it's just a thing that they had to have something happen. And maybe, maybe they mess up the magic. Maybe it was, they thought the moment of pure happiness, um, would kill him. And it's like, oh no, it just got rid of the soul. Hmm. Oops. Our Big bad. oops. Big oops. Back at the library, Willow agrees to put her hurt aside to help Buffy. Like, like it's unnatural and against all laws of God <laughs> and man. Yeah. They're still stuck with a judge. No weapon forged could kill him. It mm-hmm. took an army. Where's an army when you need one? Uh-oh. I think I'm having a thought. Yeah, that's a thought. <laughs> but first, Angel shows up. <gasps> he warns Xander off and isolates Willow. Mm-hmm. And he grabs her. Jenny and Buffy try to stop him. Xander... Runs in with the cross, yeah, uh, and Sanders gets him to run. Rescue. Yeah, that was that was a good moment. Mm-hmm. That night, Buffy has another prophetic dream. She remembers having sex with Angel. Mm-hmm. I think this is shot really well. Yeah, like it's it's not 
overly mushy. It's just it's kind of the way you would remember it. Mm-hmm. Just like flashes. Sni- like, yeah, mm-hmm. flashes of skin and mm-hmm. light moaning and rustling of sheets. Yeah. And as if you were underneath a lighthouse. Why? Is the light because the light was just they were just the motion. Maybe it was a um, ceiling fan. Ceiling fan. Or they were having sex underneath that lighthouse for Lost Boys. The sexy spot. Mm-hmm. They real quick nipped out to Santa Carla, came back. <laughs> so cut to Buffy attending a funeral. Angel steps into the sunlight and implies that there's something Miss Calendar is hiding. Ooh, secret gypsy. Called her out. <laughs> Buffy marches to school the next day and attacks Miss Calendar, demanding to know how she knew what was going to happen. Pretty badass. I like the transition from the dream to just like, I'm going to fucking kill her. She's walking down the hall. Yeah. Her dreams tried to tell her this earlier. Like the last yeah. dream, you saw like m- the back of Ms. Calendar's head mm-hmm. just real quick walk out of the shot. Yeah. So it was like, it was like her subconscious was trying. Mm-hmm. This time it really got through. Jenny explains her gypsy background and consequently her mission. Mm-hmm. Xander's plan takes them to the local army base where he pretends a scantily clad Cordy is a girl he snuck onto the base. It seems that since Xander was a soldier on Halloween, he retained all of his military knowledge mm-hmm. and is able to convince another soldier that he's just looking to show Cordy a good time. Ooh. Clearly, a girl is going to be turned on by big guns. I mean... I'm sure there's some. Not me, but yeah, maybe yeah. somebody. I'm sure. And there's there's a, a, enough guys seem to be real into the big guns. So with all of Xander's career cha- changes... Um, if he retains all of this military knowledge and is obviously good yeah. at it, why did he never decide to go into the army? Well, I know in the later seasons they they talk about him thinking about that and like pondering whether or not to do it. And I I get him not going to the military because it's not it doesn't seem like a natural fit for Xander. He's too much of like of like a goofball that I think really makes sense in like as a soldier. But there could be something military adjacent or like yeah. getting a job that's not necessarily like combat boots on the ground maybe some administrative job in the mm-hmm. military just if he has yeah. these knowledge of like codes and you know that kind of thing like yeah. you're you would just fly through training with yeah just yeah a and plus. It's, it's not like he's in bad physical shape whatever they need to do to get him like a little more buff i mean he's, get, he's getting a workout fighting vampires and demons yeah and that's what the mil. i mean the military like mm-hmm. it's not like you know they'll, they'll take you and they'll whip you into shape that's fine uh so as willow and oz wait in the van she propositions him for a makeout session. Ooh. First, she's inviting guys on dates. Now she's talking about making out. She's growing by leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. He turns her down. Stronger man than I. But he does it for the very best reason. Mm-hmm. He wants his first kiss with her to really mean something and Aww. not just be a way to get back at Xander. He can wait. He's too perfect. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Jenny takes Buffy to see Janos. To see if he can restore Angel's soul. But Angel's already killed him. Mm-hmm. This just solidifies Buffy's mission. She yeah. has to kill Angel. And with the super creepy scrawled, was it good for you too? Ugh. Yeah. Angelus is not a great guy. No, they really, I mean, right away let you know just how terrible he mm-hmm. is. We've been hearing about it for a season and a yeah. half. And they really hammer it home. So I, I want to take a pause here. And just really hammer home. Mm-hmm. So she has to kill Angel. Uh-huh. 
kill the love of her life. Yeah, yeah. So picture the person, I want everyone that's listening to stop. Mm-hmm. Picture the person that you love most in the world. Then imagine that you, that person, not that that person dies, no. Mm-hmm. That they die by your hand. Okay. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I can't wrap my brain around that. That mm-hmm. is such, I mean, such a terrible, awful, the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Joss is fucked up. He's <laughs> fucked up. I mean, I love him to death, but like, psychologically, he might be a little fucked stakes, up. Man. You can't get any higher stakes than this. This is insane. Yep. Yeah. No, my brain stops when I try to imagine what that would do to me. Xander brings Buffy her present from the army base. Aww. Really good cinematography here. Mm-hmm. Keeps the actual object a secret. Uh-huh. Jenny wants to help, but Buffy and Giles both tell her to get out. Oh, I love the, the sequence of lines. It's just so simple and effective where it's just like, okay, we know where everyone stands now. Get out. I just want to help. She said, get out. And that's it. That's all you need. I like the look that Buffy gives Giles in mm-hmm. this moment because it's his choice. Like he had an opportunity to say, yeah. but Buffy, she wants to help. But yeah. no, he's just as adamant as she is. Mm-hmm. And Buffy, the way she looks at Giles, it seems both appreciative of his support mm-hmm. and also like, I don't know if it's shock at yeah. his adamancy or mm-hmm. impressed. Yeah. Or even just like, kind of like, wow, that was cold. Like that's the, the girl you're like, you're seeing and you're just like, no, get out of here. You mess with Buffy. Yeah, that's why I think it, I think the look really is just appreciation of like mm-hmm. she knows what Jenny means to Giles. Yeah. And he's still taking Buffy's side. Mm-hmm. But like, wow, thank you. You have my back. Yeah. They go to the factory, but the gang isn't there. No, just <laughs> spike hiding. <laughs> Sad spiky. The mall uh, isn't handicap accessible. <laughs> yeah. Which really, maybe it should be blown up. Come on, guys. Yeah. It's the late 90s. Get on that. <laughs> They're just doing a. Uh, Slightly deal favor. They were going to demolish them all anyway. Where would the vampires go where there would be a crowd? The bronze is closed. Thank God, because it's always the bronze, and I'm looking for a change of scenery here. (laughs) Instead, we go to the Sunnydale Mall. The judge is now able to burn people without touching them, Mm -hmm. which now you start to see, like, oh, this is why it's Armageddon, and not just if you happen to run into this guy, run real quick. Yeah, and it's it's I like the kind of it's a bit of an homage to uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark the way he shoots out the, the kind of lightning things and yeah. it goes all between them. And in terms of like '90s special effects, this it's is fun. good. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I'm not like blown away, but I'm, it doesn't yeah. take me out of the story. Mm-hmm. Buffy attacks him with the crossbow. He politely reminds her, "No weapon forged can stop me." Yeah. Excuse me, Miss. Uh, no weapon forged can stop me. Thank you very much. That was then. This mm-hmm. is now. Buffy takes out her present, a rocket launcher. Yep. As Angel and Drew jump out of the way, the judge simply asks, what is that? Before he's blown to smithereens. <laughs> this is good yeah. and not yeah. something I remotely saw coming because I mean like, mm-hmm. and it makes sense that like, yeah, yeah. it took an army. Mm-hmm. The rocket launcher would be the equivalent of an old timey mm-hmm. army. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it's a nice kind of twist on subverting the you know the prophecy the subverting what we we know from these old books it's like yeah that was true then because all you had was swords and arrows right it would take forever yeah the best you could do is maybe throw some rocks at him really fast cannonball maybe yeah Yeah. Uh, 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 that's being generous to the judge but yeah so it's it's a a nice 
kind of subversion and a way that the gang can use their their brains and not just the Buffy's brawn to work out a problem. Exactly. And again, everyone helps here. Mm-hmm. You know, you even get that cool opening shot when they're all going down the hallway with yep. the rocket launcher. You know, uh, Willow and Oz did the fan thing. Xander mm-hmm. and Cordy got the rocket launcher. Yep. Buffy shot it. Giles did research. Everybody contributed mm-hmm. to this win. Uh, I do like the way it's shot with Angel and Drew. The slow motion, like yeah. running and jumping out of the way. This is a good example why Spike could not have been there. Yeah. Uh, wheel away. You're right. <laughs> like they know exactly what's going to happen. Buffy follows Angel as he runs away through the movie theater. The sprinkler yeah. system goes off. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are very pumped to see the movie Quest for Camelot. I I found it very distracting. I always have found it very <laughs> distracting in the scene that every shot in the background, there is a poster for the god awful animated movie Quest for Camelot. I never saw it and I've never noticed that poster. There, no, it's not just one. Oh, no. Like, Why would you have multiple posters? Every poster. Because it's like posters that are just like showing that this little character and this oh, little character. And, right. burr, 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 burr. Okay. Yeah. and it just, it super distracts me because I get they had to put movie posters, but they all have to be real movie posters for one terrible movie. Oh, no. I like, I can't, no, I really can't decide whether or not I like the sprinkler system going off because it seems late. Yeah. But at the same time, that seems like an attention to detail of like, mm-hmm. she fired a rocket launcher indoors. Well, I mean, I think it's really just an excuse to have the fight be in the rain indoors. Yeah. And I, I don't mind that because otherwise, where the fight is, is a little underwhelming for like the emotional weight of the fight. So to do something to make it seem a little bit more epic by having it in the rain, I like that. Yeah. Or the sprinklers. Yeah. Angel tells Buffy that pretending that he loved her was torturous mm. for him and then applies that she's slutty. Dick. Nail in the coffin. I mean, this, mm-hmm. this is like the last straw of like yeah. things douchebag guys can do after you have sex with them for the first yeah. time is call you a slut. Mm-hmm. Or things you can also do if they don't and you're an asshole. Yeah, true. So this is a really good fight. Buffy looks thoroughly beat. She does manage to get him on the ropes, yeah. but can't stake him. Yeah, she still sees him as Angel, not Angelus. She does, however, kick him in the balls, <laughs> which is so satisfying. <laughs> Afterwards, Buffy has a nice moment in the car where Giles explains that he doesn't blame Buffy for her actions. I, you know, it's very emotional set of episodes, but I guess this is more about me that I, I tend to tear up more at nice things than sad things. The moment that always gets me a little like watery eyed, don't usually really cry, but the part that always gets me is this scene in the car with Giles because he's just so supportive mm-hmm. and so like loving and like a real father figure to her and just like her reaction to it and, and how gentle but assertive he is and like, no, like all you will get from me is my support and my respect. And that's just so sweet and so loving that it, it's me choked up. And it seems to me like what happens with Angel is everyone's worst nightmare of things that could happen mm-hmm. if you sleep with a guy. Her conversation with Giles is the opposite. It's your yeah. dream come true of what you would want your parent figure's reaction mm-hmm. to be, yeah. what you want to hear. Then she gets even more support from her mom, who obviously doesn't know all the details, but is just like, my daughter seems upset. Let's have a nice like birthday yeah, for her. Here's a little cupcake. Mm-hmm. They watch some old movies and tells her, well, you look the same to me, Aww. which again, 
need to hear that. So what's the lesson in innocence? Don't ever have sex. No, it's not. No, that's not the lesson. <laughs> I kind of believe this is true feminism and the point behind the sexual revolution. Mm-hmm. It's easy to say that um, Buffy's a slut or she was a stupid kid and shouldn't have slept with Angel because look at what her actions caused. And you could take, you know, you could say that then it's a morality tale of like, you shouldn't have sex in high school because, you know, he lost his soul. But in reality, no. Uh, Buffy's not at fault for making a decision to share an intimate moment with someone she really, truly loved. Mm -hmm. If he turned into an asshole that's separate from the feelings that she had with him, guys may be jerks, they may disappear, they may change, and that's um, every girl's fear for a reason. It does happen. This is, you know, reality for some people, but that doesn't change who you are. Mm -hmm. You're still you. You are not responsible for the way that he reacted. Yeah. You didn't give him this curse you didn't know that this would happen to the curse you shared a beautiful moment Mm -hmm. and that's great it's an act of love he's just an asshole and deserved the kick in the balls 100 percent. yeah they they couldn't kill him off yet but that's a good way to kind of like give buffy a really nice power moment at the end of like really like reclaiming the the pride and the the esteem that angel or angelus i should say kind of robbed of her by being such an asshole. I also like, I guess this isn't really the lesson, but it's a nice counterpoint that they have is that you get to see, even though I do have problems with him being too perfect, Oz being like a really good guy in, in, in this episode is a nice counterpoint where it, it, it's, it definitely like can stall off anybody who would make the argument like, Oh, this is like a polemic. This is just, you know, chastising and, and lecturing you on like how awful men are. And it's like right. that kind of like, characterization or um attack on feminism that's just men hanging it's like no like if you're a good guy you can be good but if you're an asshole you're an asshole it's not all men are evil it's that if you act like an asshole you're an asshole and that doesn't take anything away from a woman who didn't see that well if you so think about the four main men in this show yeah you've got Mm -hmm. angel who's just an asshole you've got oz who is doesn't want willow for sex Mm -hmm. And instead, it's really important to him that they have intimacy, which is great. You've got Xander, who has a physical relationship with Mm -hmm. Cordy and is looking to, you know, see if there's something more they can add to that. And then you've got Giles, who's just so supportive. Mm -hmm. Like, so, you know, it's there. He's showing several facets of men and their reactions to sex. And also, the, there's a lot of different, um, you know, the women on the show have lots of different yeah. things to do. Um, obviously, Jenny is kind of more involved with the whole I'm a secret gypsy plot. Um, but, you know, there's there's Willow's whole reaction to, to Xander, but then her being mature enough to like, I, I have to put that aside for the more important stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, Cordy struggling with whether she can really admit to the feelings that she is starting to have. And you see that it's a struggle. It's not just her being out and out like, Oh, she's evil. It's like, no, she's like, yeah, she's immature. She's not, she's not ready to have a real relationship with somebody who's not, you know, super popular and the kind of boy she should be dating. Quote, quote, should. (laughs) I didn't think that she really should. 
Anything else you'd like to say about surprise and innocence? Um, no, it's uh, uh, except that it's just a really good two-parter, it, as well as just being you know solid episodes with solid you know writing, plotting, all that stuff. Great character moments, some of the best acting probably seen on the show, but also just as a two-part piece of television mm. i just want to point out like it's really well structured as that because it feels like one story mm-hmm. but also each episode has a nice like rise and climax and they connect and i i really appreciate when that is done correctly yeah, absolutely yeah agree this is just really good television mm-hmm. both in terms of just you know writing as a whole acting as a whole really good cinematography and i mean and as an episode of buffy this hits mm-hmm. you right in the feelings yeah i i mean i would say this is probably in the top 20 the both of them are probably in the top 20 for me yeah um, of buffy episodes uh, innocence is actually christine sutherland and joss whedon's favorite episode of the series yeah and you can see why absolutely yeah. god it's so good so are we ready to go international Buffy Tapaja, Vampirite. Ernie Dragon, Das Rhine Fleisch Canoe. Future Rifle International. So, for this week's international title roundup, I am very happy to say that both episodes have some really killer ones. I feel like lately a lot of the episodes have been kind of hit or miss on, on, on having really good international titles. So, for surprise, a lot of the international titles were just, you know, variations on surprise. The Finnish title is just the Finnish word for surprise. The French do an interesting thing where it is Innocence Part 1. Oh. So there's not a separate title for, for surprise. My favorite uh, title for surprise is, of course, the German one, The Curse of the Gypsies. Jawohl. I mean, it, it's it, okay. <laughs> it just seems like a really weird element to latch onto as... The, it almost for seems, surprise, that seems way more appropriate for innocence. Yeah, yeah, it's I I don't understand it myself, and also just a weird thing to latch onto. It seems almost kind of racist in a way. It's like is did whoever is like in Germany titling this like it's, this is an episode that finally gets to those gypsies I hate so much. Like whoa, calm down, buddy. Yeah. That's a small element, and they're they have their reasons. Yeah, seriously. Just, yeah, they he killed uh, this lady and a bunch of other people, but then. Surprise. Maybe you're not surprised. In French, it's just Innocence Part 2. Germany, not quite as good as Curse of the Gypsies. The Fallen Angel, very on the nose. But wait, I want to put them together. It's the Curse of the Gypsy and the Fallen Angel. Yeah. Mm. They don't seem very connected. Surprise and Innocence seem like, you know, connected. They're both one word, very, you know. They also, like, as you said, like, before, these, I mean, it's a two-parter, but they're... Mm -hmm. They can stand not. They can't really stand alone because then surprise doesn't really have an ending. Yeah. But they have strong beginning, middle, and ends to each yeah. of them. So to me, surprise is appropriate for mm-hmm. the first episode, and innocence is appropriate for the aftermath of yeah. Angel losing his soul. So it, to me, like the curse of the gypsies and what was the second one? The fallen angel. Yeah, that those both seem like innocent. Or yeah, innocence titles to me. Yeah, it, it's 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 a weird choice. I'm not sure where Germany was on this one, but I think my favorite title is the Finnish title uh, for innocence, which is Angel or Demon. <gasps> With a question mark at the end. Absolutely. Oh my god. <laughs> Angel or Demon. 
Dun, dun, dun. It feels like there's a dun, dun, dun implied. Right, yeah. <laughs> with a question mark. Yeah, All right. with a question mark. Now it's time to celebrate Buffy's badassery with this week's Slay of the Week. So, we agree it's the judge, right? Yeah, there's, <laughs> I mean, it that's, the judge. there's no way it's not. It's like one of the most iconic things that happens in Buffy. I mean, like, uh, like in terms of slaves, yeah. this is like number two after Angelus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a really cool, the thought of it, the execution of it. Uh, it's funny and just awesome to see. Uh, it's a way to, to really cap off a two-parter as far as like the action action of it goes. And right. there's still the emotional stuff after, but it's just like, it's such a good release after all this, this kind of terror they've built up about the judge of just like, fuck you, I got a rocket launcher. And I also think like the way that they lead up to it kind of helps the, excitement about Mm -hmm. it because we know like there's a whole episode that we spent okay how do we kill him how do we kill him it took an army we're going to keep repeating this it took an army he couldn't Mm -hmm. be killed we go to the army base why are we going to the army like it's kept a mystery from us yeah it's kept a mystery from us even like oh here's your present it's a box we can't see inside of it like all this build up to like boom rocket Mm -hmm. launcher mic drop yeah why do i drop so did you have a second place Yes, and I'm glad we we decided to do a second place because I feel like this guy's work has to be mentioned. Okay. Um, It is not actually a Buffy kill, which is rare for me. It is a random civilian kill. It is right when they first get into the mall, the judge and all the vampires. The judge kills a guy walking up the stairs in a trench coat. What gets me about this is that this guy, clearly not phased, doesn't seem to care that an angel... And or sorry, not an angel, a demon. Sorry, I'm still confused if it's angel or demon. Uh, he's not concerned that a demon and a bunch of vampires, or even if he thinks they're people in masks, are just bursting into the mall looking all scary. He's just, oh, I'm just walking up the so stairs. Casually. And he, even his expression as he's being killed is, oh, okay. As he's being <laughs> disintegrated by this demon. It's just a, a lovely case of uh, extra acting not really matching up to what is happening on screen. Nice. My second place choice is Angel killing the smoker uh, right yes, after he becomes Angelus. Maybe a morality tale against mm-hmm. um, smoking. He kills her because she's a smoker. Smoking kills unless you're a vampire. Uh, but I just really like the way that she yeah. breathes in the cigarette smoke and then he breathes it out. Yeah. There's a lot of good kills in these episodes. Yeah. We, and, I think yeah. We're, now we're starting to go from the episodes where there's one kill each to now That's there's like, going to be some good choices. Mm-hmm, yeah. Thank you for tuning in to the Sunnydale Stacks. Please like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sunnydale Stacks to ask us questions or share your own opinions and memories about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher, and join us next time when we dust off phases and bewitched, bothered, and bewildered when we get lost in the Sunnydale Stacks.